Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Can we get off of this? Because it's really fucking boring. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer, born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. What up, Jen? Still looking for that bug. Guys, if you haven't heard our last episode, Jenny was attacked by a bug mid-episode. It's like some... Okay, I wasn't attacked by it. It was crawling on my wall, but it freaked me the fuck out, and it's like a millipede. It'll be I fine. Don't know it probably it went out your window. My window's closed and sealed. Or maybe it went under your door out into the hallway. Yeah, let's hope that's what happened to it. Let's I'm hope. just going to believe that. I choose to believe that. <laughs> um, Let's see. Jenny, today we have some patrons to shout out. So let me do that. So if you guys are on our Patreon, if you're at the $8 tier, you get a shout out. So exciting. So today we are thanking Sarah S., Tammy G., Amy C., our girl, Sarah R., Robin S., Cheryl V, Ezra, and Catherine S. Anything you want to add to that, Jenny? I just, who is the baller one that joined on the 31st of May? I don't know. I don't know. I have to look. Are we giving them a special shout out? Because I mean, they joined, they joined the day before they it's got charged Nancy. again. Thank Nancy's you, Nancy. baller. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to pay two days in a row. Watch this. <laughs> we hope you find it worth it, Nancy. We hope you're not asking for a refund. All right. So today we're finishing our recap of one of the most amazing episodes of Little House. I mean, it is just the Sanderson kids, you know, revisited. Okay. But the stagecoach accident, if you have not watched it, watch it 17 times. It is so amazing. Michael Landon just hopped up on adrenaline, a bunch of Marlboro Reds and some Coke with cocaine in it. And he's like, I gotta write this scene. I don't think there was cocaine and Coke in the 80s. He's got some Jim Beam over there. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) Um, All right, Jenny. So today we're talking about season seven, episode 22, The Lost Ones part two. Can you give us a description, please? James and Cassandra go home with Charles and they adjust quickly with the Ingalls family in their new school. Just as they begin to thrive again, a pair of adoptive parents come along, but their ulterior motives may put the children in danger. I feel like that's of not Of course they have true. ulterior motives. Is it this ulterior is, motives? This is the same 
storyline that happened with the Sanderson twins. Remember that couple came and they were older and they wanted the boys to work the farm for them? Jesus, come on, Michael Landon. I mean, he dusts off a script and just changes cancer to a carriage accident. (laughs) Well, he did more than that. (laughs) He also reused uh, Uncle Jed is, what did I say he he was? St. Peter from the Godsister. Mr. Sims. And whoever that dude was in Gold Country. Yep. Jebediah. Jebediah. Yeah, that Laura almost killed. Okay, so we get a five-minute recap. Again, 100% watch, worth the watch of seeing that wagon fly down that hill. Uh, The only thing that would have been better is if Mary and Adam were on that. I would have liked to have seen that. Okay. So we open on Carolyn, and she's getting a call from Charles. He's in Sleepy Eye, and he's like, I'm coming home, and I got two kids with me. And I'm coming home tonight. Mm -hmm. And she's like... Okay, I love you. And Harriet, Harriet's listening. And she's like, what the fuck? And Harriet's like, what's going on? And Carolyn says, we're having company. Again, like if Timmy calls you and is like, I'm bringing home two kids tonight. Staying indefinitely. Yeah, I would not be happy about it. (laughs) I would not be happy. Carolyn takes this really well. She really does. But, you know, don't forget, we're coming off the episode of her... Being told that she can never have kids again and she's not a woman. By the way, did you hear that I looked it up and fact-checked that statement from Doc yeah, Baker? whatever. I you were wrong. I was right. Okay. So, Harriet's like, you're having company in that little shithole that you live in? That's yeah, such she a basically shames her. And Carolyn goes, well, what can I say? Some people take up less room than others. Boom! Boom. Mic drop. All right, now we see Manly and Laura. And they're over at the house, and they're offering to help. And I'm like, here's how you guys can fucking help. Adopt, Adopt these kids. kids. Well, there's I also am, some carry action. I'm so enraged by this. And then I wrote, why can't they let... Okay, if they don't want to adopt the kids, why aren't they like, Carrie can come and stay with us for a couple weeks. So you don't have... Well, I get it. Nobody <laughs> wants Carrie to live with them. Well, Carrie's like 27 and still learning her ABCs. <laughs> The way I feel about this is, like, I, you can't help that your father and mom pick up every lost stray on the street, right? No. Mm-mm. And it's like, do you really want to be responsible for that? Do you want to start that whole dynamic of, like, oh, you guys took in two more kids? Like, yeah, we'll take Albert and Carrie and Grace. No. No, I understand that. but You let that burn to the ground over there. No, they should be helping the parents out how much does charles help this motherfucker out manly 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 <laughs> hey everyone i'm ungrateful <laughs> ungrateful i'm ungrateful um manly that howdy doody looking motherfucker is over there just walking around saying wow it's really gonna be tight here it's gonna be tight here oh come on laura we're gonna go back to our huge victorian you know, like eight home. bedrooms <laughs> jesus christ Okay, so just then the wagon pulls up and we get Carrie. I'm not even acknowledging her. She is just a horrible did. actress. You literally just acknowledged her. But I'm not talking about what she's doing. Okay. So the wagon pulls up and Cassandra, so Carolyn comes out to greet the Coopers and she meets them and Cassandra grabs Carolyn around the waist and she starts sobbing. And it was kind of that, that sob like that, oh my God, I'm just having a breakdown yeah. kind of sob. And Jason Bateman explains, oh, I know what's going on here because I'm 30. 
inside a 12 year old body (laughs) he's Um, like a fucking pro you look like our mother she did i thought that of the of the mother when i first saw Mm -hmm. her i'm like she kind of looks like carolyn yeah was michael landon like did he have enough forethought to plan that out or was it a coincidence i don't know well i love how then they zoom on charles face and i'm wondering if he's thinking was that mother as hot as carolyn should i have tried Mm. to get with her Meanwhile, right, so. Jason Bateman is <clears throat> acting circles around everyone. He's eight years old. I think Cassandra's great, too. Mm-hmm. She's eight years old. I have an index card. <laughs> On Cassandra? Yep. Okay. Buckle up. Oh. Who is Cassandra? Cassandra well, is I Melissa. I researched her and I really couldn't find much. Melissa Francis. Mm-hmm. She was born on December 12, 1972 in L.A. She is an actress and writer known for The Dictator 2012. She wrote that. Something about a million 1984 and Little House on the Prairie. She started a few more films, but quit acting as a child. She went on to graduate from Harvard with a degree in economics. She has reported for a number of news channels, including CB, CNBC and CNET. But most recently, she joined Fox News. Oh, Okay. She does not consider herself a Republican, however. She got okay. into a Twitter fight with her Bronxville Country Club. Already feeling a little Republican-y. Wow. <laughs> because she was shunned because she works at Fox. I feel like that's like a, that's just, like that's a storytelling itself, right? Like you got on Twitter and blasted a country club because they shunned you because you work on Fox and they think you're Republican. Like, but yet there you go acting like a Republican. Right. And, and I just want to say too, um, there are parts of the Fox News network that are somewhat yes. normal. No, and she she worked there like since 2012 or something. Like she's been there a long time. Just like, you know, if you turn on NBC msnbc you know there's parts of msnbc that are not completely biased right it's when you get into those like the five and stuff yes 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 is she involved in that i don't think so she's a never trumper she did later apologize to the country club she said she's not affiliated with any party i don't know how you didn't find stuff about her it's all over the place i don't know but when you're getting in a fight with your country club on twitter what does Mm -hmm. that tell you man this is what I mean. Like, just the whole act of what she did, like, tells me all I need to know. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. All right. I could have done without that, because here I am praising her. Yep. Okay. But I will tell you this. Timmy listens to Jason Bateman's podcast that he has with Sean Hayes and somebody else. I forget who else. Um, And he said he thinks Jason Bateman's kind of a dick. Really? Yeah. He gets a dick hmm. vibe from him. And not in a good way. (laughs) Not in a good way. (laughs) Timmy, if you're out there getting a dick vibe from someone else in a good way, you do you, man. (laughs) But Jason Bateman, he's like, eh, I just don't, I don't love him. So I don't know if he's just like, I imagine he's he's a lot like you. But that's Timmy's judgment. And Timmy married you. So we can't But I imagine Jason Bateman's a lot like you. Okay, whatever. Like, you know, comes off like a real dick bag. It's acquired taste. And acquired. (laughs) 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 All right. So that night, Carrie shows her hideous face. And Jason Bateman and No Offense Albert are having a heart to heart. (laughs) And Jason Bateman says he feels like he can finally be safe. 
He had forgotten in this last day and a half what it's like to feel safe. This kid's deep, man. That's what I mean. He's pretty deep. And I just wrote, he's had a real rough couple of fucking days. <laughs> yeah, he has. <laughs> so Charles thanks Carolyn for being a champ about all this. Now, you know my question that I'm going to bring up. I bring it up all the time. When Can't are these two them? people ever going to have sex? Yeah, I have. They have zero privacy. Zero. Zero. Maybe out in the drama barn. Maybe they head out there and they do some wild shit out there. Maybe there's a ball gag out there swing. Yeah. Who knows what's happening? Who knows? All right. So Charles is like, you know, you're so great. And I, I really appreciate how you've done this. Listen, tomorrow I'm going to talk to public enemy number one, Rev Alden. Ugh. And I'm sure he'll fix this. Charles, no. No, no he won't. <laughs> no, he won't. Meanwhile, he'll make it worse somehow. <laughs> meanwhile... Cassandra is having legit night terrors. Well, and then instead of waking up die. screaming, though, she does the silent scream. Well, she knows not to wake up the entire fucking house because she's not Carrie. Okay. Okay. So Charles and Rev are now chatting. It's daytime. And Rev, Rev is, is like, so useless. Oh, he's this so guy. useless. And then he's like, must be super crowded out there with you. And I just wrote, why is this everyone's business? Yep. Why, like, mind your own goddamn business, but yet also help me with this problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess it kind of is his, his business. Charles says, look, I'm going to get these kids going to school to start a routine. Boom. Next day they're in school. Okay. <laughs> so now we have Carolyn walking them to school. Cassandra doesn't want to go. And Carolyn's like, I'll take her for the day. And she puts her to work. Cassandra's like obsessed with Caroline. She's doing like a scared straight. Like, okay, you don't want to go to school? You're going to work in a restaurant. Come and work in a restaurant and fetch me shit. So she's got this kid fetching shit. And Cassandra's fetching some firewood. And she sees the kids playing. And Carolyn decides now to mind fuck her about how fun homework is going to be. I'm like, what mind fuck is Carolyn doing on her? (laughs) So... Now she's like, Jason Bateman will get to stay up late to do his homework with me. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I love spending time with people doing homework. And Cassandra's like, okay, I want homework too. I'm in. Sold. And she runs over to school. And then Carolyn burns some 16-ounce steaks in celebration. (laughs) (laughs) She really does. Now we have some time pass, and a Laura voiceover tells us, weeks passed and Jason Bateman and Cassandra became a part of the family. And it would be more difficult when they did find a family to say goodbye. Now we see them having dinner and everybody's chatting and they're having a good time. And Jason Bateman, smart fucking kid, keeps asking Carolyn for more cake. Can I have more cake? Can I have more cake? Can I have more cake? Okay. Rev pulls up. Public enemy number one makes his first appearance. And he has a rando family with him. He's acting like a drug dealer. Oh, you think? Like, he's like, I got this family over here. You got the kids. He's like, really acting all creepy about this. Well, he's like, ta-da, instant family, Mr. and Mrs. Tompkins, who want to come in and, quote, see the Cooper children. Like, they're at service merchandise, walking around, like, writing down what they want to order. And then they they, uh, they introduced, like, uh, Carrie Albert and Grace. And, like, it was kind of like, to be clear, they're not for sale. (laughs) Well... Carolyn's like, and Carrie, who's from <laughs> We'll throw her in. We'll throw her in. So Cassandra makes a good impression, but again, they're they're not big on Justin Bateman. Like they're but like the mo- okay, the mother's like, 
oh, I had an eight-year-old just like you who's dead. I need My first question would be like, how'd she die? Like, right. Like what happened that now you need a replacement? Like what did you do something? And the dad is like, I'm humoring you and letting you get the replacement, but I'm not happy about this because now I got this boy. What am I going to do with this boy? All right. So he tells his wife, let's go outside and talk. So they go outside and talk. And then Rev and Charles are talking. And Charles is kind of like, that guy's kind of a dick. Yep. And Rev is like, but the wife is nice. Like the dad is an abusive nightmare, but the wife is nice. (laughs) That's fine. It'll be Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. They'll be good. So the Tompkins agree to adopt both this Saturday. Yeah. And Charles is like, um, 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 what about paperwork? What about the legal system? What about about all the hoops I had to jump through to adopt Albert? So Rev says, you need to make this break, Charles. You're getting too attached. Charles is like, all right, all right, all right. So then he goes in and tells Carolyn, she's not happy. She's not happy. <sighs> Sorry, I'm really bored. Oh, you tired and bored? Oh, you're bored. <laughs> Do I need to throw in like a carriage? <laughs> so Saturday comes and Carolyn asks Charles if they can keep the kids and he gets all aggro. He's like, I don't want to hear this. You don't think I wanted to keep them? This isn't easy for me either, you know. Carolyn, the voice of reason is like, are we doing the right thing? And mm-hmm. like, again, if Charles had just listened to Caroline and like gotten with his instincts instead of just trudging through his stupid ways. Mm-hmm. Trudging through his stupid ways. <laughs> so Carolyn now is at work moping and Harriet comes in and again, doesn't know how to read a room. Now. Yep. Harriet's like, thank God you got rid of those kids. I mean, I know you farm folks are used to living like oh 18 God. to a house, but still, what a relief. Like having to raise your your kids is one thing, but someone else's kids, like two things here. A, what about no offense? Yeah. I mean, he's somebody else's kid. <laughs> no offense. And number two, Jenny, what is the next episode? I don't know. Please read the description for season eight, episode one. Oh, I know what it is. It's the Nancy one, right? Right. So she's yeah. like all bad mouth and raising someone else's kid. And then she replaces Nellie. Yeah. So, okay. Nice continuity there, Landon. All right. So Carolyn gets all emotional and bails. Now, at the Tompkins house, we meet Seth, who is Jenny as a teenager, if I ever saw one. Oh, please. He's just sitting there all pissed off and angry. <laughs> That's true, Jenny. He doesn't have like a Wiccan costume on or a pentagram on his forehead. No one but mentioned he, that there was an adult brother. Like, why is no this one guy move out of the house and get married? Yeah, I just wrote he's a super angry teenage boy. Also, he's not. Also, he's a grown ass adult. Also, we understand. We learn here that the father's name is Isaiah, so his name is Isaiah, like Mister Edwards, and they're clearly in the Edwards house. Okay. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. They're in the Edwards house, and you know how I recognized it? Because they have the wraparound porch. Remember when they had outdoor dining? (laughs) That's right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They had the wraparound porch. They have the fireplace. The door's on the left. It is the Edwards house. So Michael Landon, again, not not stretching too far here. Mm -mm. So Charles brings the kids by, and he's basically like, here you go. But then he says to, to the father, I got some money. The father doesn't want the fucking money. 
Yeah. He's pissed. He's yeah. like, we're a He's humble insulted. family, but we're not poor. And do me a favor. Don't come around here no more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jenny, inside the kids are shown their room and Tompkins is all like, this is where you'll lay your bones after you're done working this farm and praying. Yeah, basically they want, he says, you'll have a good day of choring before school. How do I get my kids to have a good day of choring? I don't know. Too late. Before school? Did we overcorrect and now we don't? Yeah, you did. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so Laura voiceover tells us the weeks passed. And she noticed a big difference in Jason Bateman and Cassandra. Laura says. They become withdrawn. They're never allowed to go see mom and pa. And then we, see, then we see Laura in school and she's assigning a test. And she asks Jason Bateman and Cassandra to stay after because they failed the last test. And I just wrote, it takes a real kind of person to tell an eight-year-old that she's going to fail and you're going to have to hold her back. <laughs> she's eight she's eight i feel like if an eight-year-old is failing there's something real wrong you failed yeah either you failed failed or dad is home being crazy yeah check on that shit okay so on the walk home jason bateman decides they're not gonna go to school anymore fuck this yep And Cassandra's crying. She wants to go to the Ingalls. And Jason Bateman's like, we'll be skipping school. Because, you know, for certain he won't find out about that. No, how would that happen? At dinner, dad is being a real prick. 
Now, I have several questions about this scene. Dad says he sold some horses, so he has some money. He goes to get the money. The money's gone. Yep. He first accuses the mother. The mother's like, I didn't take it. Then he accuses Seth, who very willingly stands up and empties his jean pockets or his corduroy yep. pockets or whatever. Now Jason Bateman does the same, and there's the money. How'd the money get in his pocket? The father put it in his pocket. Did we see that? No, but that's what happened. Do they ever say that? No, but it's clearly what happens because he's like snickering after it. I just feel like how would you not feel someone slip? Jenny, let me ask you. Go back to like your dating days, right? How would you not feel someone slipping a dollar bill in your pocket? Why am I not still in my dating days? <laughs> well, you're I and what just does that have in the house what, with COVID. What does that have to do with with like what I don't understand the cause and effect relationship there? Like when you're out at a club and men are slipping money into your pockets. How, oh yeah, that happens all that? the time. Do you notice that? I feel like maybe he like bumped into him and slipped it in. It was in his front pocket. Okay, look, I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> dissect this any more than we have to. <laughs> but clearly, the brother did it because he had the snarky laugh. <laughs> Jenny, you're it. not. You're not listening to me. Think about the. Okay, next time you're here, I'm gonna give you a dollar bill. Without Timmy knowing, I want you to slip it into his front pocket of the no, pants no. he's wearing. <laughs> no. Why? Maybe he put it in his pants before the kid put them on in the morning. Maybe. But why would you not do that, Jen? Because it's too close to the balls. Because it's gross. Right. So why is this brother <laughs> doing this to this kid? I don't know. <sighs> All Can right. we get off of this? Because it's really <laughs> fucking boring. This is what people pay to hear. My okay. analysis of this scene. <laughs> okay, so Jason Bateman gets whipped and Cassandra is screaming. Similar to her screams of watching her parents die in front of her. Yeah, very similar. So the next day, Laura comes over to the mill and she tells Charles she's worried about the Cooper kids. They haven't been in school. Pa's like, Let's fly into hero mode and head out there. Yep. So they go out there. And meanwhile, Jason Bateman and Cassandra are fishing. And they make a plan to run away because, hey, Albert did it and he turned out okay. Well, and do you like how Jason Bateman's like, I'm the oldest, you have to listen to me? Yeah. Like yep. he totally pulls rank. Because Cassandra's like, this doesn't feel safe because Jason Bateman wants to steal all this dude's money <laughs> and run away. And so he's like, fuck off, you have to listen to me. Yeah, voice of reason is like, this doesn't sound safe. And asshole big brother's like, I'm the oldest, I'm the boss. Asshole big brother is like, I have to keep this kid alive. Mm-hmm. And like, she doesn't know that she's going to starve to death on the street without money. Well, they head back to the house and they see Laura there and they're like, fuck this, we're running away. Right busted. Now. Running away right now. So the next morning, Charles wakes up hangry. Did you like that? This, scene? this was like a it was a throwaway scene. Oh, I liked it because he was very charming in this scene. So no. he wakes up and he's hangry and he demands eggs. And Carolyn's like and he, then he says he didn't snack last night, but like all her cookies are missing. It's a throwaway scene completely. No <laughs> reason okay for this at all. The Tompkins now show up and they tell them, uh, have you have you seen those kids? <laughs> 
like, by the Have way, you seen the kids that kids you gave here? us, <laughs> and they're like what do you mean have we seen the kids (laughs) oh god so he explains that he whooped jason bateman and charles is like look i don't agree with you at all here but that's not the point let me round up the troops right the troops are adam and hey everybody i'm a troop man have have the fucking moron have the troops slash rescue squad slash ride or die it's really declined in in quality over the years now it's like charles and his dumbass son-in-laws all right so oh and the dad's like yeah if you find them give me a call yeah, whatever. I'm gonna go home and guys. Yellow. This would 100 be the effort Jenny would put into finding my kids. <laughs> I would send them out to New York with her. She would call me up. Have you seen the kids? Have you heard from them? <laughs> no, Jenny. I thought you had them. You know, I don't know where they went. If you and Timmy find them, let me know. I'll be I'll be home. I'll be home in case they show up here because I gave mm-hmm. them a good home and they didn't appreciate it. Yep. So, <laughs> all right. So, meanwhile, Jason Bateman and Cassandra are wandering the countryside. And Cassandra's being a typical little sister here. Whiny, bitchy. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to lay here and die. Right. This is me, like, on a two-mile hike with Timmy and the girls by my house. Like, what's happening? It's too hot. So, Adam, Almanzo, and Pa are all on horseback looking for these kids. Yep. Jason Bateman, meanwhile, Jen, steps Right in a bear trap. Yep. So there you go. That's where your big brother got you. Yeah. Stepping in a bear trap. Well, he's probably trying to save her from something. Cassandra runs off to get help. And I I just wrote, Jesus fucking Christ. Now we have a scene with Mary. Oh, God. I look at her and I want to... I just want to kick her head right off her shoulders. But the scene with Mary, Carolyn, and Laura is a terribly written scene. You think? Yeah, terrible. Or is it just terribly acted? All of the above. <laughs> I'm beginning to think some of these people couldn't act. No, you think? <laughs> wow. We, we thought that they were decent actors. Melissa Gilbert's a decent actress. When she's, she's probably her, the only when one. When she's putting her heart into it. Exactly. Like it's gotten like so bad at this point. In. I feel like Carolyn's phoning it in. I feel like Melissa Gilbert's phoning it in. Hell, I feel like Michael Ann is dialing it in at this point. I have this theory. Let me tell you this aside, okay? So, Bold and the Beautiful, which I've watched forever. Um, Very recently, maybe the last six, seven years, Don Diamonds came on, right? As as, uh, Bill, oh, what's his name? Not to look it up. Hold on. Fall asleep. Bill Spencer. Bill Spencer. Okay. Okay. So he came out as Bill Spencer. And you know who Brooke is. Yeah. Brooke is played by Catherine Kelly Lang, right? So they're playing opposite. They're playing like she, you know, they're they're a couple. He has the worst, cheesiest dialogue in history. He's saying things like he calls himself the stallion. He calls mm-hmm. himself Dollar Bill. And she has to say things like, oh, I want to ride that stallion. And I said to mom the one day, how has this woman not taken her own life? 
Wow. Like, I feel like some of these women and the shit that they have to say with these scripts, how do you do this? How do you do this and not? And when I look at Carolyn, I think she's our Catherine Kelly Lang. She is the woman who has to talk about how hot her man is all the time, which that's (sighs) not a stretch. But how much she loves that idiot Mary sitting next to her. How she's lost her entire womanhood because of menopause. I mean, the shit that this woman has to say. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, guys, send help for these women. They are they are the pioneers. That whole menopause one, you could tell that Karen Glassley. Glassley? What's her name? Grassley. Grassley was like, fuck this. I'm not saying this through my teeth like this. I know. It was bad. I'm saying it through my cigarette smoke stained teeth. <laughs> okay. So, where are we? All right. The women. Okay. Are so, the little the- sister's failing. She can't even climb a hill. Would you give her a break? She's eight. She's failing. She can't even climb the hill. Meanwhile, the older sibling, who's like just two years older, is like beaten he's in a bear trap like <laughs> this this chick hey, can't even climb up a hill having a hard time climbing up a hill carrie has a hard time as we see in the opening running down a hill yeah okay yeah so cassandra meanwhile is running up this hill and she runs of course right into charles yep and they have this big scene where they like hug each other and he's so happy to see her. And she's like, uh, my bro is back there in a bear trap. Yeah. And Charles is like, there. Oh fuck. Like he knows how serious that could be. So they bring Jason Bateman to doc Baker's. Oh, he's going <laughs> to die now. It was nice knowing you. Doc <laughs> Baker's like, um, I don't know. He might walk again. He might never. <laughs> Your oh. Chance of survival goes down. When you Can't talk. Baker. <laughs> So we see Jason Bateman recovering with the broken leg. And Charles tells Doc, I'll make him a crutch tomorrow. Like, well, I'll just whip up a crutch. Yeah, whip up a well, crutch. Well, because clearly Carolyn has to whip up a whole new jar of cookies because yeah. Charles ate them all. So then he says to the kids, let's get you home. And Cassandra hangs her head and starts to cry. And then he's like, I mean my home. We're going home together, bitches. And they fucking steal them. Like, they just basically steal them. Mm-hmm. So Laura voiceover says they all lived together in the little house and the little house was very full of love. Oh God. No. Oh God. Please. You know what I have to say? The real Laura Ingalls Wilder is probably rolling around in her grave hearing yeah. all these voiceovers. Oh yeah. Probably. Yeah. Cause she was probably a very serious person. Jenny, whose fault is this? This is either Charles or Revs. I think it's Revs. I think it's Revs. Because Revs was like, I got a cup. I got a guy over here. <laughs> like, like, no screening process, apparently. No one asked why the other kid they had is dead. Nobody checked into their dick bag older son. Yep. Like, that kid isn't loved and nurtured. Nope. Well, how about an interview, Rev? How about you sit down with these people for 20 minutes? Rev just rolls up with the random couple. Rev's <laughs> just like, oh, wait, these people need a replacement for their dead kid. Bring them up. Bring them He's up. brokering a deal. Yep. All right, Jenny. So at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson, something we took from the rewatch or the original. We call it our why it's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this episode? Well, first of all, let me get back to why I think it's Charles' fault. Oh. Because Charles does this all the time. He's like, he knows the right thing to do. 
Charles is like, a man led by his heart. He's just always second guessing himself, though. Like, just do the thing that you think is right. Instead of leading everybody down some fucked up path and sending people <laughs> off to orphanages and pulling them <laughs> off a train and then sending them to a foster care and then pulling them out of the house. Like, just do the right thing from the beginning. You know what it is. Yeah, he's very torn between his head and his heart. <sighs> he's an idiot. He's not an idiot. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> what's your why tell it to me now this is why we thought custody was a loosey-goosey thing <laughs> I right because custody... in all these shows people would just pick people up bring them to live with them well this goes back to my there's no like proof of anything there's no documentation <laughs> yeah it's all a loosey-goosey again charles or i mean adam and mary who lost their kid and they need a replacement could have taken these two and six years from now they could have been like i gave birth to these kids and no one would know no one would even question it yeah yeah they just we don't know you asked me about garvey prove to me that alice gave birth to garvey yeah we We have have no no proof no No idea idea. they could have picked that kid up off of a broken carriage yep who knows lucy goosey no one all right jenny I have, this is why there's a whole generation of parents who raise their kids withholding love and inflicting trauma. Because Mr. Tompkins was the norm. Charles was the exception. Oh, yeah. definitely. At that yeah. time, 100%. Yes. Probably and so. It, like, it makes me just, Jesus Christ, those people. Like, what generation would that have been? The uh, silence? The greats? No. Before that. If you were Before a kid. The greats. In 1880, say. That's not the greatest generation. Because they went to war. Like, the GI generation, maybe? That would have been a very old. I don't know if they called generations anything before the greatest generation. No, the lost generation was 1883 to 1900. Okay, so it's them. And then the greatest was they were born 1901 to 1924. So they were the lost generation in. To me, that explains everything because they were tough motherfuckers. Look at what they endured. Yeah. I mean, every generation before, like, the boomers, basically, that's true for though. We should run this test on my kids. Timmy and I will stage a horrific car accident right in front of them. Wow. Pretend we die. Okay. Right? You, you, you refuse Wait, to I want to see this in. play out. I want to see this. I want to see you, you guys pretend you die. You refuse to take them in. Right? Okay. Everybody, all family has to refuse them. Okay. I'm just going to give them to, like, I don't know, my neighbor down the road to find them a home. Let's see how my kids deal with this trauma. <laughs> First of all, mom's not going to be able to deal with this trauma and she would give in and take them in even though she knew it was fake. <laughs> my kids would either be having a complete breakdown oh, a complete or, breakdown. or they would be on their iPads and not even notice. But you just like dealt with you just accepted the things that happened to you in these days yeah like you just rolled with it and how resilient that must have made you right resilient and incredibly unhappy incredibly unhappy incredibly traumatized incredibly yeah. i mean there's generations the of trauma there's generations of trauma and families let's face it well yeah they now know that trauma is actually a physical thing passed yep. down like it's generational Jenny, I don't know. I feel bad for these motherfuckers. I don't know what happens yeah. to them. Let's see. Why don't we do this? Why don't we 
take a bet if James and Cassandra grow up to be normal functioning adults. There's no way. And I'll write some fan fiction. <laughs> Good. Good. I'm going to stop listening. Does Cassandra have night terrors for the next 20 years? I mean, they all do. The whole generation does. Their life is one big night terror. All right. Why don't you tell everyone what we're doing next? So we're moving into season eight. Oh, thank God. Episode one, the reincarnation of Nellie part one. Oh, boy. The very flimsy description reads, Percival takes over the family business when his father dies, which means that he and Nellie will remain in New York permanently. That's all it says. Say it again. <sighs> Percival takes over the family business when his father dies, which means that he and Nellie will remain in New York permanently. Okay. That's all it says. Okay. So we don't know how Nancy comes to be. Well, we I mean, obviously, if Nellie goes to New York. Right. Harriet Ms. needs somebody. Harriet replaces her. It's mm -hmm. the whole replacement thing. I got it. Guys, if you've joined our Patreon before april and you're at the eight dollar tier send me your address so i could send you a little thank you card a little genetics i thought you were collecting sticker. addresses i did i reached out to everybody but some people haven't reached back okay. so i'm just saying now i'm collecting addresses so if you joined before april it didn't collect addresses because jenny okay. set it up okay. so i fixed it and after April, you're going to be getting just a little tiny swag in the mail. Nothing crazy, you know, but some stickers, a little appreciation because we do appreciate you. So if you joined before April and you're at the $8 tier, you know who you are. Check your email. Check your Patreon inboxes. I've been asking for emails or for addresses. So, All right. And if you haven't already, check out our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees, Jenny's favorite place to be. Yeah, it's great. I hate you. You're low energy, Tay. What's your problem? I have to wrap this. I have to wrap this. I want to hang out and talk for another 20 minutes. No, I mean, I have to go to work. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 